father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Hello, coaches. Welcome back to part two of the Kelly Sofac podcast. Today, coach is going to go over some things, uh, what he does offensively um, at his school. Uh, one of the things, ball screen motion, dribble drive action. He's going to really kind of delve into that. Also, he's going to talk about what are some of his favorite practice drills. Um, so we had a great conversation with that, and he's going to kind of finish off with uh, some things that parents can do to make their kids uh, enjoy the experience. So welcome to part two of the Kelly Sopak podcast. No, I didn't talk to so and so. That's if I talk to so and so, then that means, you know, like I need their permission. No, this is the first your role on the team, right? The role on the team is the team, and 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 how we contribute to the team, and um, but as the season goes, their roles are pretty much established. And but talking to them, not I don't really do a lot of individual talking, saying, "Hey, Susie, your role is going to be." X, you know, it's more, we talk about, you guys will figure out your roles and what you want to do. You know, we had a kid last year on our high school team that um, our starting point guard that played, you know, 30 minutes a game wasn't the best defender. Um, and, but she was playing so many minutes. So at the end of quarters, I played probably, if you had to say our, you know, we had a 13 or 14 man high school roster. She was probably our last man you know, as far as the talent goes on the roster, but she could defend and she could rebound and she could steal. So at the end of quarter, so it's kind of interesting, right? So here's your kid. If you're ranking them one through 14 is number 14, but it's probably playing in the 10, in the 10 spot for minutes because you're putting in, you know, wait, there's, you know, a minute 45 left in the quarter. I got another ball handler. Let me, let me put the defender out there or a lot of last possessions of quarters, you know, and I didn't have to sit her down and say, Hey, this is your role, you know? Um, But more talking to the team about general roles. And I think once people buy into that, they're, they're fine. And especially, you know, post game, when you have trying the best you can to identify when, you know, that player came in in the second quarter and, um, you know, how many times do you have a kid in foul trouble, right? Like our, I just remember a game this year, we had our two best players went out with foul trouble. We had two reserves in, um, they finished off the half. We actually increased the lead. So we're playing a little bit better, um, for whatever reason, right now, the parents are probably over there thinking, boy, we, we were better without those two, right? We should, no, we, we weren't going to, we weren't going to continue being better. Um, but then identifying, <laughs> yes. that, right. And, and really, <laughs> as a coach, you have to believe right. it. Right. And I do believe it. And, you know, coming in the locker room after and say, Hey, at the three minute mark of the second quarter, so-and-so and so-and-so had the two fouls, these two went in. I said, that's a hell of a job, you know? And I, and, and you get everybody clapping for them and encouraging that. And, and that's, you know, that's important. Or, you know, your scout team that helped you during the week, 
you know, when you, and you've been there, right. Where you've been there right. where you've duffed up, uh, where you've really messed sure. up a game plan <laughs> and um, prep week. And I've done that. And then there's other times where you've just nailed it. And, and then you come in after that big win. And, you know, we had one last year, where we beat a pretty good team by a, that we're probably supposed to lose to by a large amount, but our scout team all week was awesome. And you just take the time. And we're not talking about the kid that scored 30 that is getting interviewed by the paper. We're talking about the scout team that was on us all week, right? That, you know, and that, so that's kind of what comes out of our locker room. And I think they, they understand those roles. And, and, Coach, tell me this, because I really believe this. I think your, you know, 12th or 14th player, if they're not happy with their role, I think that really – I think that's – I think that's more vital than – or if they're happy with their role, I think that brings the team way up rather than the best player. Obviously, she's going to be happy with her role. I think that last – or I don't call it last player, but your 13th or 14th player – needs to really accept Absolutely. and understand her role and be happy Absolutely. for, for your team. And, to be and, and you're going to have to do, you know, the, the, the one, yeah, that's true. And, and the ones that you really have to watch out for are players nine and 10, because they're the ones that can, if, if you carry a big roster like me, th- those are the players that get short change, you know, and those blowouts you, you, you put in the bottom five, right. but then that eight or nine kid, nine, hmm. 10, they don't, you know, they got a little bit of playing time, but then they're considered in their rotation. So they didn't get the mop up time, you know? Um, and that's where, you know, we talked about right, earlier with right. assistant coaches is, you know, I always tell my assistant coaches, you know, your job is to point out the obvious to me. Right. Um, and, and I can say this, you know, walk in the locker room after, after a game and they say, Hey, is there any reason why we didn't play Susie? And I'm going, we didn't play Susie, you know? In the high school because club you know i play everyone but and i'm like shit yeah you know someone you know it would have been nice if somebody would have pointed out the obvious right and they're like, oh, we, we thought you were making a point to her or something it's like oh you know like those That's are the things point. even from you know grabbing a player and throwing her in the game you know i i i run hot with my coaches and i think they kind of like it because i can be combative but that's kind of the you know that's the atmosphere i want right um, you want to put in a kid, put in a kid. If they're terrible, I'll let you know that not only are they terrible, but you're the one that put her in. Um, but I think it, it makes it fun to, to have that type of challenging relationship, you know, but. Um... Yeah. And you need assistant coaches. I, I totally agree, coach. I have a former player that's my assistant and um, I get on her sometimes. I say, Hey, Hey, we didn't play this particular kid. Hey, I'm coaching the game. You got to help me out. And I'm very honest with her. And she understands me how difficult I am to deal with. But um, I totally agree with that. I mean, you, because there's sometimes in a game, man, you just forget to put a player in. I hate to say that. You know, (laughs) you know, it happens to me a lot, right? You you put them in and then you've got another kid you got to get in. And then you put her in, you take the one in that you just take the one out that you just put in and, um, and I let the kids know. I mean, I, I really do. And I think, I think that's the big, if I had a message for coaches, you really do have to care. Because if you don't care, then just carry, just put nine kids on the team. You know, that, that'll just make your life easier. But um, I just tell them, that, you know, right. don't think that by the time I drive home that I'm not bummed out for the kids that didn't play, even after big wins, you know, as coaches, we, we do that, right? You, you get this big win and and I'm, and I'm bummed yeah. out that, you know, God, you know, I, I didn't get to play, you know, so-and-so as much. I went in a different, different direction and we've all done that. Right. I've just tightened that rotation in the fourth quarter and then thought, oh, you know, you know, how are these kids going to, to be tomorrow at practice? And um, I just, you know, right. And I think that's, you know, the other thing, and that's, you know, one of the things that I, I was going to point out is, you know, there's, and I t- tell our kids and parents at our parent meeting, there's really, I've broken it down to three components of being on a team and that's playing time, practice time, and social time. The practice time and the social time, every kid is a hundred percent participant. They get a hundred percent of the, the activity. The playing time is usually 
when the rubber meets the road, right? You, you may only play 20% of the time. So, right. and very few times do I ever have to have a conversation with people about, about their overall happiness. But if we do, it's so if your happiness is based on the minutes you play, if you're only playing 10% of the minutes, but you're getting 100% of the practice time and you get 100% of the social time, you're really, you know, you're really missing out. If you never played a minute in the game, I still would contend that you could have a great experience, you know, on the basketball team because you're still capturing two thirds of it. You're still capturing, you know, that, but I get it. It's, it's playing time. Um, and that's always. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. That's how people evaluate. Right. Coach. But I love how you broke it down. In the practice, I mean, I love how you broke it down for your yeah, parents. Your I think it's a player, great idea. I, you know, I don't know your roster, but your best player is not probably the most popular kid. You know, Sabrina wasn't our most social kid. There's, there's two or three other kids that kind of lead that, you know, social thing when they're in their social gatherings and things like that. Um, and you just, it's, yeah, you just have to buy into it. I mean, as, as players and, and, and what I sure. try to do is spoil them with gear. You know, so that's if we're the best outfitted team on campus, then, you know, that's that's when all the other kids in all the sports go, man, you guys have all the gear. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, we want to make sure that we're, you know, we're different than everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, we're all trying to I think it's important to brand your program, though, for identity I did not for ego, but for the quality program you're building. I think oh, that's essential, right? Absolutely. Coach, talk about your fun and exciting program, right? I mean, you that's your fourth key, to your, one of your strengths. What do you do to make well, your program I'm, I'm, fun and exciting? It's, it's amazing. I'm not a raw, raw guy. I am, it, you know, it, it's funny because your team always takes on the, you know, pretty much they become an extension of you. And I get so upset at our kids. It's, it's if you were to watch our, our high, high school kids play, you wouldn't know if we're up 30 or down 30 or it's a tie game is they'll hit a shot and there's not a lot of emotion. Cause I'm not, I don't, I'm not really a celeb, celebratory person. Um, I'm not really a raw, raw. Right. Um, so it's really difficult for me, but it's something that, you know, I've really had to work on. Um, Cause I'm just, Hey, let's just show up and, and play but I try to make everything like with them set up activities, make the, you know, make the tournament schedule, the schedule fun. You know, we're, we're an independent We're I think the only public school in the country that is independent other than, you know, like a whole school, like our girls basketball program is independent. Our boys play in the league, our JV plays in the league, our girls JV, our girls varsity is out of the league. We, hmm, we, we get 26, 26 yeah. games. Right. Um, so I really try to go first. I try to make the schedule fun, you know, where, okay, we're not doing, you know, three weeks of practice and there's a gap and there's no game. Right. I try to just keep it going. So, Hey, we're on this little game spread here where we're playing, playing, practicing, playing, practicing type thing. Right. Um, so we try to keep that, um, you know, all the extracurricular activities that, you know, I try to do from, you know, gift exchange to, you know, pasta night to all of that, you know, and have the parents really be involved or the kids own that stuff. And I try to stay away from it, right? Because the last thing they want is me showing up at a lot of these things. But um, the other thing is, is <laughs> um, you know, the, the tournaments that we choose, trying to make them, you know, good tournaments. Last year, we went to Gillette, Wyoming, which the parents just cringed, you know, it's, um, like where the heck is Gillette, Wyoming? And it was, you know, it was a pretty cool experience. And, you know, we do Phoenix and we've done San Diego and, um, you know, being independent's really great. Last year we took, we took a trip up to Oregon and Washington and just played two independent games. Um, and it was just a great, um, you know, it was a great little weekend trip, right. Um, for the kids to get out of school. And, and then most importantly, the system needs to be fun. I think that's, that's what right. keeps it going. Um, you know, you, you play the, the system where everybody's getting to shoot, everybody's getting to score, everyone's having their time to shine. That helps. And then as an independent, 
we play a lot of showcase events. So almost every weekend we're playing. So it's, it's really neat because we're always playing this large lineup of teams. There's eight games in a gym in a day and we're at the beginning end or in the middle. And so right. the, our kids just get so accustomed to that. And, you know, I remind them there's, there's some schools that never play in one of those events, you know, a neighboring school right down the road from us. I've never seen them at one event. And you're going, geez, with that, what kind of experience would that be playing your 10 or 12 league games and playing two or three preseason tournaments, you know, and here we're, you know, we are just going all over the place. And the other thing with that is, um, you know, days off outings, you know, whether it's going to the boys basketball game, right. I give more days off in high school basketball than probably any coach in America with a halfway decent program is, you know, just because we do play on the weekends a lot that, you know, we'll take midday, middays off, you know, midweek days off. Um, try to keep that going. So you created the yeah. load management, right? Yeah. Before the NBA, it is was, that right? Well, it was probably <laughs> overuse prevention because I would, I, I would overload manage them before. And then it's like, hey, you know what? These guys need a day off. And you know what happens is <laughs> I, I get into the gym and I can't do a light day. You know, I can't, you know, I tell the kids, yeah. hey, tomorrow we'll shoot, just music on, whatever. Try to do that too. Like, it's funny as the kids, like they're, the other thing too is, I don't mess with the, um, the pregame, the pre-practice stretching. Um, you know, one of my coaches teaches them the stretching and it's kind of like the Sabrina thing, right? We teach it once and then you guys do it and they can giggle and laugh sure. and do whatever they want. Um, I, I don't care. I just come in once practice starts and you try to keep that really fresh form. So it's not just, Oh, geez, we're getting to work here, you know, but it's a, it's a light switch when that light switch yeah. turns on it lights better be bright because we we need to be ready to go yeah ready to go to work and and, and your your fifth point is and i love this you got to stay in the moment right focus on the process rather yeah, than the result that, that's right? probably my um you know you've heard the john wooden thing you know next play next play next play um and 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 i don't disagree with that you the, the whole premise of that is don't worry about the last play, worry about the next play. And, and I've kind of taken it to a different step of, you know, the next play might not happen. Just stay in the moment. What, and that's kind of the, you know, what's important now. Um, and, you know, that, that happens for us. And, you know, there, there's some teams that once school starts, they start practicing and working out. And I always think what's important right now, what's important right now for these kids and it's the first day of school. What's important now is they get acclimated to their classes. They get their kind of friend groups going, you know, because they have, you know, there's different levels of friend groups. You know, I, I had, you know, I have daughters, right? I know how this stuff works. It's what's important now is not going on the track with the basketball coach and running sprints to get ready for a game in March, right? Um, it's, it's August. Just what's important now, you guys shouldn't see me till after Labor Day, you know, um, just focus on school. If you like to shoot, shoot on your own, and we'll we'll convene after Labor Day and start doing some open gyms. Um, but staying in that moment, right? And that's in the games, you know, the, the the same thing. Stay in the moment. Don't get caught up in what happened or what's what you think might happen in the future. Just stay in what 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 we're doing currently. You know, um, you know, it, it's funny. You know, you 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 miss a shot, and you say, okay, next play. What's the next play? You're going to make a shot, right? No, the next play is get your ass back on defense. That's 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 the moment right now, you know. Stay in it, right. um, and you know, part on that with with the process. I don't talk about winning. Um, it's funny. The only time I really talk about winning is when we've had a really tough loss, because I remind the kids, you know, of our, you know, because I set that at the beginning. The process that you're not going to hear me talk about winning because I don't care about the winning and losing. Um, that I won't lose any sleep over it because our process and our fundamentals are going to be there. And when the kids are really bummed and you've lost a big game and maybe it's the season, you know, I always remind them, you know, the toughest part about this for me is what I told you before is I don't care about the wins and losses. And now I've got to show you that I don't, it's not that big of a deal, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's, it's a high school basketball game, you know, that's, you know, we can talk about what we can work on to improve, you know, but um, just don't focus on it. Just focus on the process, going about it, having fun, win or lose, you know, 
Um, and it, the hard part though, is when you have those crushing defeats is you, you've got to, you've got to, right. you've got to own it. You know, in fact, last year, um, we were like the one seed in our pool in Kentucky. Now this is club related. And, um, okay. We played team elite who might've been the bottom seed in the pool. Cause I think they had a rough first game and or a rough first tournament. Cause they seed you coming out. And, uh, but of course it's the EYBL. Every team, anybody can beat anybody. And we come out and we get beat and the kids are just bummed. And, um, I just, I just told him, I said, I know you guys are bummed after, you know, after the game. We find a little hall. I said, I know you're bummed. And then I replayed him a story from a Sabrina team. And I said, we did this same thing. We were undefeated and we lose this first game. And I said, it was in Chicago at the time. And I said, I took the kids downstairs and it was as bad as it could get. Right. I said, but guess what? And I, and I threw some colorful language. I said, it can get a whole hell of a lot effing worse. Because two days later, we were 0-4 trying to get one win. Now, 0-1 didn't – we'd love to go back and be 0-1. I said, so you don't want to start feeling sorry for yourself <laughs> and because you lost a basketball game. And next thing you know, I don't want to be in this same little hallway two days from now, 0-5. for 5. You know, let's keep in mind it's one game. And um, we end up coming back and – Went in the pool, advanced into the top bracket, and we ended up losing in a championship. I think. Yeah, we lost to Boo into the championship. So you went from and and Team Elite had to win or something to something had to happen for us to win one of those strange tiebreakers, right? It was it was a miracle that we advanced out, but we did. Right. Um, but you know, just don't get caught up in that stuff. And it's hard as coaches, right? We put so much time into it um, that everything seems to be measured by wins and losses, and you just you know, you don't want the players thinking in that, in that realm. Plus I think it teaches them a, a bigger lesson, right? The last thing, you know, 20 years from now, last thing that I want to remember from high school basketball is my coach was a baby when we lost, you know, I mean. Right. And I try to. Yeah. And there's no, nothing worse. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Coach. Go ahead. Losses, go ahead. You know, don't, don't worry about it. We don't. And it's I funny how it. you've got to reinvent the wheel once you lose. Right. You lose. We have to have a psychologist come in. We, we have to, uh, you know, we've got to talk <laughs> about our feelings. Right. Um, but sure. You know, those same feelings were there when we won. We just happened to hit a couple of shots. Right. And it's that mental toughness. Right. I, I mean, and I think um, I think you're right. I think I, I, I believe, I guess, after 30 years that your locker room, post locker room talks need to be short, win or lose. I mean, and then if you're going to get anything done, get a day the next day in practice. I, I think sometimes we coaches over talk and get emotional after games, which never yeah, helps. I hey, I've, I've thought about this. I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask you a question. I've actually <laughs> thought about this and I haven't had the guts to, to pull it off in my high school. I have thought about just keeping the locker room open 30 minutes after a game, but right after, you know, you shake hands, we, you know, some guys go to center court or the key or whatever we we group right there and i get them for 30 seconds and then just say hey great job we'll see you you know blah 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 blah. break them right there locker rooms open for 30 minutes and they can just take their time you know because we go to the locker room then we talk and then we come out and you know some parents are waiting you know sometimes the locks i just thought about you know can i do this in 30 seconds and they know they've got a half hour to get their stuff out. They can go see their friends in the stands, you know, they can kind of, you know, I, I envision it being really good after a win, but maybe not so good after a loss, but I just haven't had the guts to pull something off like that. I think it's better. I, I mean, I'm thinking here going, I like that because I think, I think there's no negativity that can climb in there. And I think by doing it on the court, you're getting immediate, really immediate feedback, immediate reaction. I think it's more positive and say, Hey, we'll get them tomorrow. Well, I mean, I love that coach. I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, what my I, I might try it. My, my <laughs> fear is, you know, sometimes when you lose, you, you do have a message that you can send that can stop, you know, it's a little brainwashing message that can, that can deflect the drive home. Right. Um, but 
Right, there. right. I've just, I, I've had that idea in my <laughs> mind for a few years and I just haven't, I just haven't pulled it off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, now you're not coaching, so you yeah, can't experiment yeah. with it. So, I mean, that's, that's tough. Hey, coach, let's finish out here with, um, I always ask, um, you know, about practices, kind of give us a basic structure of how, um, how you develop a practice and what you do. What's, what's kind of your main emphasis when you're putting together a practice that I know yeah, you got to go. Uh, I know you're busy. High school and club. It's different. Um, uh, I'll go, I'll go real quick on the club. What we do on club, it's kind of half. Um, when I say fundamental, it's more, um, and kind of, we talked about that earlier about the voice. Um, and granted, I don't get to see the club kids as much, so it's harder for them to tune out my voice, but we usually, for that, we usually bring in a trainer and we'll go, um, for, for my team, cause we do it training camp style, right? We do it over, over a three day period. We'll do it a Friday night. Usually the Friday night is all me. Um, and we'll do a lot of shooting, um, some basic stuff, some basic defensive stuff, just to make sure that fundamentally we're, we can clean up anything. And then we just kind of really go over our offense and maybe some sets. Um, Saturdays, what we'll do is for the first, you know, they stretch warm up. Um, I'll take them through some, especially like our, if we're working on our dribble drive ball screen motion, some, you know, what I call house drills that we do for them. And then I walk through a few, a few sets. This, this may take a half hour and then they get an hour and a half of training. And um, you, the, the trainers that I get, we've discussed before. Okay. Um, last year we, we, we did a lot of pick and roll stuff. So um, the trainer was focusing on all the pick and roll options and shooting. So they go 90 minutes and they're, they're drenched when they're done. Um, you know, so it's really just like they're, they're, they're seeing a trainer, but it's a little more specific to what we're doing. And then um, I may come in the last 10 minutes, recap a couple things. And then we'll, if, that, if that's a Saturday, we'll come back a couple hours later and rinse and repeat. And then Sunday is usually all me just kind of recapping our stuff so they can leave, get on their planes. Cause we, we have kids from Oregon, Southern California, Northern California. So we're spread out. So we get right. high school. Right. Um, high school planning is, I, I love, um, dr I, a, I, I don't like to do the same drills every day. We, we have a few that we do every day, um, probably two shooting transition drills we do every day. Um, so I like to mix up. I don't like the same format. I don't like, okay, we start doing this and then we go to this and then we go to, you know, whether it's, you know, like football, we kind of, Okay, special teams, defense, and then offense, right? I, mm -hmm. I I really like to mix it up. Some practices start slow. Some practices start fast. But I like my drills in groups of three. So we're going to touch on pretty much, you know, everything. We're going to do um, – I should have had a practice plan. But, um, you know, obviously you stretch and warm up. I usually like transition right away while they're fresh. Um, and plus that gets mm -hmm. kind of the talking out, right. Cause they're still giddy and stuff from school or whatever. Um, so we get into some transitions, some shooting, some no thinking drills. Um, and then we, whether we're doing offense first, defense first, we kind of get into like our offensive fundamental drills. And that's one thing I delegated last year. I had a former player that, um, came back and was coaching the last two years with me and she would handle all of their offensive fundamental stuff where they would do three different segments and they would break down posts would go in one guard would go in the other. Um, so they do three different segments within that and then come back, try to try to scrimmage or do some offensive stuff and then do the same thing defensively. Then defensive fundamentals, defensive team, and then bring the, bring the group back together um, and play. You know, one of the things um, I picked up from Brad Smith and Kurt Gilsdorf um, is called running groups. It's something that uh, I love it. Yeah. Do you, you know all about it? Yeah, he actually, I had, um, I spoke, of course, I, I forgot to tell you that Brad was the one who definitely mentioned getting you on and so forth. And, uh, Kurt, I, I also interviewed Kurt. I, I he sent me a video on it. I love oh, it. We're definitely putting it that is. in. Oh, what do you think? It is. Um, well, first I'm, 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 I'm pissed that Kurt sent you the video. Cause it, it's, it's been a tight little secret 
for, uh, you know, a, 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 and I can, and it's one of those things where it's funny because when they told me about it, um, you know, for the listeners here, it's, it's a transition, you know, five on three to five on five and everyone has their different variation of it. And somehow in Brad, yeah. well, I still, and I, I tell Brad this, he screwed this drill up so much that it ended up working out. Right. I mean, cause the thing doesn't really have a rhyme or reason to it of how you, you know, cause most of it, you know, you're going one-on-one to two-on-one to, you know, whatever it is, three-on-two to five-on-five, whatever. This one is, and what you really need. Um, so when Sabrina played, um, we, we had a kind of a perfect setup with our uh, JV team went right before us. So every single day we started it, we would take JV's half hour of their practice. So that, that was our way to sneak in a two and a half hour practice, right? Um, sure. Is we would have the, the last half hour of the JV practice, we'd show up. So the JV would be one team. And then our varsity, I would split in two. Um, and then we would play. And, and we would do it for 30 minutes. And you can, and I don't know how much Kurt got into, into that with you, but you can kind of identify this is what we want to work because you can run your press out of it. You can go against a zone. You can go against a man. So we do it a lot to get ready. Okay, we're playing Kevin. He runs a one-two-two zone. So today in running groups, this this group and this group is playing one-two-two when they're in the five-on-five segment of it. Um, and yeah, it's just repetition, yeah. repetition. Um, and it's it's a sneaky conditioning drill, you know, because the kids are tired. And back to the whole. thing. Kevin, this is Jer Hunsiger with the Booneville, Missouri girls basketball team. Uh, when it comes to workouts during this unfortunate time, I think coaches need to communicate with their with their players, maybe some leaders on their team to see what is the best ways or ideas to get as many players as they can involved in some sort of workout. Uh, you know, whether these are player led or coach led, you know, I'd make them some type of challenges and use some type of like social social media or technology things such as like Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, you know, come up with creative ways to keep their um, their team both physically and mentally fit include things such as conditioning agility drills along with some type of shooting um, and then also some ball handling as well uh, coaches and players can also take a steady game film from huddle or crossover read a motivating book that maybe deals with basketball or just sports in general and have team meetings through zoom just so everyone can take and see each other find ways to take and team bond maybe like doing some type of tiktok challenge um, again hopefully everyone continues to stay safe and healthy during this time thing about having fun the kids love that drill because it's fun we are um our, our miramani team probably one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the state and we're small and i attribute all of that to running groups because when you're in that five on three segment of it um you there's no excuse for you not to get every single offensive rebound there's no excuse unless the ball just happens to go off the rim right to the defender right um but we'll do things, Kevin, where I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm spotlighting one person, um, this whole running groups for a half hour. And if there's three non-box outs at the end, and I'm not going to tell you who I'm watching, but at the end, if we get over three, then we're, we're going to have our normal conditioning after. So they don't know who I'm watching. Um, that is um, – I love – that's very innovative there. I, I – because it's hard to pinpoint that. I love how you say spotlight and they don't know who it is. So what they're all going to do yeah. it. Right. And then we have, and I, <laughs> that's a great, we have a sprint zone. Kurt uses the same thing, you know, top of the key to the top of the key uh, is called a sprint zone. That's one of the first things our kids learn that there's no okay. walking or jogging or running in the sprint zone. It's a sprint. And there's a difference between a sprint or a run. And, um, and I'll say, Hey, three, three non sprints in the sprint zone. And at the end, we we run. And and sometimes, like if I'm in a good mood, I'll tell the kids, "Do you want me to know when you when you have one?" And they're like, "Yes, just tell us." You know, so that that way they know, "Hey, you're you've got two times we haven't sprinted through the sprint zone." Um, and and the the kids love it. I mean, they they really do. They love the running groups. And and I'll tell you what it does. Like for your JV team, it it will toughen them up. Um, we had a JV team sure. when Sabrina's year and they were okay. They were just an average JV team, but Sabrina's team would press them all the time because we'd work on our press against them. And, and it's fun working on your press when you're having success, right? Cause you stay in the drill. Um, 
Right. And, and plus people are ball hawking. Well, that JV team, if anybody ever, if someone just played them like half court zone, they would, they would lose by 20. But if someone ever tried to put pressure on them, they could just move the ball because they saw it every day for 30 minutes, every single day, all season long for 30 minutes, they're <laughs> seeing Sabrina Nesky jumping passing lanes. You know, th- there wasn't anybody on the JV team that could do that to them. So um, it is, yeah, that's, that's the number one drill. I, I and I would, I would say this, if, um, I, I don't know where I, where I went with that. Hopefully I went through my whole practice thing, but we do do a lot of, sh- you did. We, yeah. we do a lot of shooting. I, I will say this. We shoot the ball. Um, our three pointers after the, you know, I think we've averaged the last four years. So since Sabrina has been gone, um, I think we've averaged 11 and a half makes a game for three, which wow, that's for, pretty good. for yeah, high school, that's, yeah. That, that's a lot. So we shoot a ton in practice. And that was one of the things that is a coach was really hard. And I started this about eight, nine years ago, the time to let them shoot and the different drills and the creative things we have to do to get shots up and every single thing that we do. And it takes away from you coaching. Um, but it's, you know, that that's, you know, different, different drills. I get a chance to, you know, go and talk to them, but you know, the kids individually. And how many coach, how many threes do you get? And then do you have a goal? Cause our goal um, is we, we want to get 25 plus rule. Our goal is really 30, but 25 plus is what we're looking for. We really have a high volume shooting the three here in our program. What do you guys look for? Um, we're probably on the other end of the spectrum where I've had to threaten the kids sometimes of, uh, Hey, next one that shoots a three and misses, you're not playing the rest of the game. Cause we just shoot too many of them. It's going to be interesting. Cause uh, I, you said 25 or 30. And I'm thinking, I don't think there's a game where we haven't had, you know, we've, we've shot more threes and twos and so many more games. Um, but next year will be different for us. So next year, I, I would think in that, in that number, 33s um kids love it i mean they 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 love to shoot it and and i'll tell you it's it's one of the most game-changing things is making a three it's it's amazing to me that teams play zone and they give up a three and then they get out of their zone i i never understood that that you have to know if you're playing a zone you're going to give up some threes you know sure um I would be more concerned of giving up layups out of the zone than I would threes, but um, yeah, it's, it's kids like to do it. So we really, we really have to work on shooting. So, you know, the, the running groups is, is great. You can, I don't know if you got that. That's the one drill. If you had to say, Hey, you can only have one drill in your basketball practice. It would be running groups. That's, that's that's the secret recipe right there. And you guys haven't started. Yeah, yet? it's definitely. Yeah, we haven't. No, we're going to actually add that. That's the advantage of me interviewing great coaches like yourself is I pick up things uh, from you guys and not, not everything because, you know, we have our own system. But, man, I pick up some great stuff and I, I um, I'm definitely adding that in this year, coach, oh, without without a doubt. Here, here this is going to just speaking from someone that had to struggle through it at first is. At first, it'll be a mess. Kids will like it, though. Um, and you have to stay true to it. You've, you, you can't, and you can't do it for just 10 minutes. You know, you've really got to put 20 minutes on the clock. Um, and, just, and you just have to do it. And, you, and you'll start seeing, like, you can run. You can run all of your quick hits out of it. Because, you know, those. And what we typically do is we get a coach for each one of the teams, too. Right. Good idea. That, yeah. That's really important. So, you know, cause you need to have the subs and you're going in. So I'm usually dealing with one of the teams as far as letting them know, okay, we're, you know, let's get down and run cycle. Um, and, and sometimes we allow the coaches to, to mix it up. That That's more down the road. You want to really be in control of it at first going, Hey, we're just going to play straight man on the five on five. And what's great about it is you don't, you can't get in transition on the five on five because they've got two back, right? So there's no walkout, run, run out layups. And, and you're really dealing five on three, you know, half the time, which is, which is really good because you're in five on three a lot. 
Yeah, it just, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, and I love how you can do so many different things of your offense and defense with it. Um, Coach, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing. I really appreciate it. Um, the one last thing is you mentioned about you, you're going to be coaching your daughter again, right? This upcoming season? Um, no, nope. She, she graduated. She graduated. Okay. Uh, give us, um, because I'm doing a series on um, the role of parents in, in athletics. Uh, what you, you're doing a good, I mean, I heard some great advice about parents and how do you deal with your, your child as an athlete? Give us some last thoughts here on what a parent can do to help their child enjoy the experience more. I think as, as simple as it is, um, and, and it's amazing, like, you know, my daughter was awesome. She just, we never, and people would, I don't think her friends even under, understood that we never talk, we've talked more basketball since the season's over and she's no longer going to be playing for me than um, we ever have. We just, we just never talked, it, you know, um, and I was hard on her, of course, but um, I think for parents, and, and I do say this to parents all the time, you're either helping or you're hurting. You're not, you're not, not doing one of the other. So what do you want to do? Do you want to help or do you want to hurt? And um, I would just say, just be supportive. And, you know, if, if, and I tell, and I tell our kids this all the time, your parents love you. That's why they want this so much for you. And that's why they want you to be happy. And that's, I said, that's okay. You know, and so I kind of, me and my players, we have a very good relationship with kind of making fun of parents, like, because, and it was really easy when, you know, I'm Leah's dad, because, you know, I get to tell them I'm the same way, right? I'm, you know, I I care about her and, and all of this, but, um, you know, as much, as much as they want to help you, sometimes they're hurting. Um, And I I tell them, I tell them a story, um, and then I'll I'll get to the, I'll get to the answer to your question. We, We had a, a, point guard one time um at this school when I when I first got there and her dad would wait for um after halftime and have some good words of advice for her right and uh so I'm sitting on the bench going geez I can't believe I allow this to happen but you know I don't really care so the kid gets done with her dad and she comes over and um I said hey and I said her name and I said let me guess what your what your dad said and she's a really smart kid right like I think she might have been student body president and um, she goes, okay. You know, like she, she was up for the challenge. I said, he said, when you're coming off the pick and roll that you're, you're picking up your dribble too quick. And if you'd extend your dribble one more, that hedge is really late on recovering down low. And you can probably get that pass down to the post. And she said, no, you're way off. And I got up from my seat and I said, exactly. And I just walked away. You know, it was like, I know what your dad <laughs> sure. told you. Your dad was giving you all the pointers of how you can shoot the ball. That, that was it. There's, and so, you, you know, and I try to just, I tell the kids that story every single year. Cause they, you know, then the name now is legendary for, you know, my stories, but um, you, your parents are concerned about you scoring and they want you to play, but they don't know what you're really being told. And then the other thing that, that yeah. happens too is, you know, I tell parents, this is a parent meeting your kids are playing this game for you. And I know none of you agree with me, but they are, they need your support. They need your, you know, confirmation that they're doing well, because that's what they look for. They want to make me happy so they can stay in the game, but they want to make you happy. All they want to do is hear that they're doing a great job. That's all they want to hear. And I said, and if you don't believe me, I, I can make them lie to you because They'll not shoot a shot. You'll ask them, hey, why didn't you shoot that shot? And what's the answer? Oh, coach doesn't want me shooting that shot. I said, I hear that, you know, from, you know, from parents on my team. And I've never said to a kid, don't shoot a shot, right? So I said, (laughs) they just want confirmation that they're doing well. So even if things are rough and even if you're pissed at me, just what can you do to help them? So really try to talk to the parents about, you know, hey, I didn't, you know, didn't get to play too much. Hey, it's all right. That's what, that's what part of being a team is. You know, it's a long season. It's just say, just try to help me help, help your kid, you know? And the, the other thing too, um, and hopefully this isn't too far off with, with parents is I have, 
an open door policy. So I don't have any rules. You've heard the 24 hour rule, the 48 hour rule. Um, mm-hmm, I tell the sure. parents at the beginning, uh, I, I don't care. I don't, there, I don't have a rule that you can't talk about playing time. I don't have a rule that, you know, oh, if you talk about the playing time, the kid has to be there. Or the kid, you know, you, you'll hear that the kid has to come, come, you know, the kid's got to handle it themselves. I said, well, some kids are equipped to do that. Some aren't, you know, so that's not fair to the kid that really wouldn't feel comfortable coming to me and would rather have mom or dad come to me. Right. I'm okay with it. And I don't need them there either. The only thing that I do ask is you don't keep it a secret from your kid. Now I'm not going to run and tell your kid that you came and talked to me, but I'm also not going to hide it from them. So let's just make sure it's open that if you don't want them to know, because I may end up saying something, you know, we're all human, right? You know, if, if, you know, your dad comes and talks to me about playing time and then you miss eight shots in a row at practice and it might slip up that I said, and your dad's come and talk to me about playing time. You know, it, I've got <laughs> a very transparent personality when it comes to that. So um, just really embrace what they're doing and also start something, finish something and then evaluate it. Don't try to evaluate it after game one or game nine or at halftime of whatever game. Just wait till the end and see how the whole, the finished product turns out. Cause it, there's going to be bumps in the road, you know? And if we try, you know, you hear about um, helicopter parents, I call them, you know, lawnmower parents. They, they like to get out in front and just mow that lawn perfectly clear for the kid, right? No, let those, <laughs> let those pebbles and bumps stay there. You want them to, you know, that, that's the best thing that I can, I said that earlier, that's the best thing that I can do for your kid is provide them a struggle. If that grass is lawn mode and they're just putting on the green, that's too easy. Get, get, they got to get in the rough a right. little bit, right? They've got to live. And, um, but what comes with that though, is trust, trust that I'm not going to damage their psyche, that I'm going to call them worthless or, you know, do something that could be psychologically damaging to them. If that's the case, by all means, I'll probably get fired anyway, but go to the principal, you know? Um, and I think, you know, and you hear, and, and I, and I try to tell that you try to keep it light with the parents too, is coaches, we hear and see almost everything. We just choose what we want to respond to. Right. You know, you can hear the stuff. in the crowd, Yeah. So right? true. You can hear, you know, the dad that yells out, you know, from behind yeah. you, you know, hey, put Susie in or, you know, whatever. It's okay, you know, something like that. You're, you know who it is. Um, and that's, you know, I we have a philosophy. It's an all-in philosophy. We're all in. Um, and we're either all in or we're all out. There, there's no one foot right. in, one foot out. And that includes the parents. And, you know, and, and we we know who they are. Try, try to get the parents involved but i think as coaches we can help by being approachable and and receptive to what the parents you know what if they have any concerns what they are and don't make it you know always about us because i think sometimes people can you know you can identify things you know um parent may have a concern and then you go hey you know what i never i never thought about that yeah, and I think it's good to have that open door policy and so forth. And and every, I mean, even on my team, I have now, coach. I have some, you know, some dads. I usually have the dads I got to deal with, uh, but I also have, you know, I mean, they they want they want to be hands on with. That's fine up to a certain point. Um, so you got to coach them up, right? So I I try to build relationships with my parents and get to know them. Uh, give them duties for the team. I have them involved with the team a lot. Keep them close to me. <laughs> yep. uh, right. So I'm sure you're doing the same thing. You can't, you can't disown the parents. You have to work with them. Right. No. And I, and I tell our, our, our coaches with Cal stars all the time, you know, if as coaches, if we're, if we're saying, Hey, that's not how my parents were with my coach. Well, those days are gone. You know, I, I also, my dad wasn't putting me on planes to fly all over the country to play basketball or baseball. <laughs> that wasn't happening. On the, right. on the weekends I was working, you know, with that, that part of society and, and parental stuff is, you know, I, I kind of felt I was more of a nuisance, you know, to, you know, to my, to my family than I was, you know, how, how we treat kids. Now we love kids a lot more than, 
then I think our parents loved us and, um, and we do so much more for our kids, you know, right. than my, my dad never worked the snack bar. My dad never worked the score clock at the games or, you know, we've got them working score clock, snack shack, you know, carpooling, you know, we, we always rode the bus and, you know, when we go out of town trips, you know, parents are renting cars to carpool and, you know, we're demanding a lot of these parents. They, they do have a say in it. They, they're, they do. They're stakeholders. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the last thing, um, and I said, I would mention it, but you know, we always hear, wow, kids have changed. And, and I've maintained this kids have not changed a bit. You know, the things that they play with and the things that they're occupied with has changed just like things for us had changed, but really what's changed. And I tell my players all the time is us parents, me included, right? I'm, I'm right there with them. We are so protective and we're so coddling. And there's a lot of valid reasons for that and how society has changed. But um, the kids are still kids. They're, they're still, they're, there's nothing different about the kid that you're coaching than how you and your teammates were when you played. You know, they still care about the same stuff. They care about scoring. They care about getting in the game. They care about looking cool, right? They care about, you know, not being left out. They care about what friend group they're in. Um, oh, that stuff is still the same. None of it's changed. It's us parents. We, you know, we're, we're far more involved um, in a good way and a bad way. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great point, Coach. I appreciate that because I'm actually, I'm going to actually add this end part here um, to um, part of my parents' uh, role of parents. And I think, I think what you said is really transparent and really can help out a lot of parents and coaches out. So I think every coach is trying to trying to be able to work with parents. So great advice, coach. I really appreciate you taking the time out, man. Um, now, hey, I'm a big fan. I got to get State Farm Insurance now, man. You really yeah. helped me out. There I got. I, I got. I'm at Progressive, man. I got. I got to change it over. Yeah. But yeah. I appreciate you sharing with me, man. Thank you. Okay. Hey, thanks, coach. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and I wish you the best. And um, Thanks again, man, for just giving me so much information, making me a better coach. I really appreciate it. Right. Take care out there, okay? All right. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. Hey, Coach Furtado. This is Eric Willis of North Oconee. We're, uh, right now, we're the Lady Titan quarantine. Well, when we realized how long this would last, we uh, knew we had to get to work. So Coach Brooke Satterfield started the first week and led us in uh, Google Meets body workout about 15 minutes the second week we added a 15 minute ball handling session uh, using some <clears throat> really good online tools um, PGC and uh, just some Twitter accounts we found uh, third week we added a 15 minute morning run and now the girls are creating a ball handling and shooting workout that Brooke and I will visit them in their driveway uh, keeping in mind social distancing of course and just you know, have a good time watching them work out and staying connected with the girls. Thanks, man. You take care. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and you are listening to the Championship Vision Podcast.